1: Welcome to Scott Pilgrim versus the Podcast, a podcast where we take down Scott Pilgrim, and I can feel it. This is it. This is the episode (laughs) where we win one. Said that before. Finally get a W. We're going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, Episode Six. Who did it?
2: I'm Alex. Who did it? I'm Justin. Who did it? We did it. We took down Scott Pilgrim in this episode. It's happening. I'm Pete. And as mentioned,
1: we're going to be talking about episode six. So if you haven't seen it yet on Netflix, please check it out. But a bunch of stuff goes down this episode as Ramona Mm. initially investigates Julie Powers and Gordon Goose, a.k.a. Gideon Graves, who are shacking up together. Also, Lucas Lee comes over and visits for a while, then leaves to a simple whatever. And by the end of the episode, Ramona thinks she has figured it out, leading To the return of Scott Pilgrim at the end of the episode, he shows up. End of show. End End of of show. show, We're done. Last episode. Who did it? Like you said, Justin, we did it. Great job. We did. Good job, everybody.
3: Uh, I just like to say uh, before we kind of get into the episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the pre excitement. Um. This uh, this show is so good. You know. Sometimes when you watch a show, like before you hit play, you're like, "All right, uh, let's see what we're doing today" or whatever. I am genuinely very excited about watching the show. It's one of those things where they do such a good job of building to this episode. I think the excitement is very genuine and cool, and I just wanted to can, uh, take a moment and be like, "This is awesome!" That this show is. Not only somebody who is a fan of the comics and the movies. In and the tank for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to have this kind of giddiness and excitement uh, before this episode, I think, is impressive uh, for the show. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- this show is wild. You guys, wild. Like, nothing. You're just like, oh, this is just another day of television
2: just another day in the life of being the podcast queens of uh, (laughs) the what i was gonna say is this uh the creative swings the show takes are weird and like you like you're saying Pete. when you press play you i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen in this episode and i could have never predicted even the title like who did it i was like oh cool and i was like oh i what This is a wild way to get to that revelation at the very end. And we still don't know. And more weird things were thrown at us. The script was written in the future. What? Okay. Let's see what that means, how that Uh, happens and how that works.
3: But yeah, the start of the show starts with a completely different animation of a show. And I was like, is Netflix doing ads now? Like what is going on? Uh, And I, I was kind of really thrown in the beginning. Well, what do you think was going on here? Because we got a glimpse. I don't think they
1: ever mentioned the name of this anime. This is not a real anime. This is one created for the show, but it has the very classic trope of a young girl bumping into an absolute jerk. And then as we find out by season 12, they clearly are in love with each other, even though they hate each other. Um, So what do you think is going on here? I mean, I think there's some pretty clear parallels, but what were your guys takeaways?
2: I mean, I think they're just saying like this is this is the cliche and they're I think it's self-referential that so much of Scott Pilgrim in the comic and the movie was like sort of in that world of cliche. Like, of course, these two are in love. That's what the, the story wants us wants them to be in love. So they're going to be in love. And we never deal with the actual repercussions or underlying feelings of that or possibilities. And this show is literally all about that. It's all about like fun, weird gags and the underlying possibilities and underlying story beneath the story of something that's so surfacey like this anime here.
1: I think there's also a sense of there's been constant criticism over the years. We've constantly criticized in terms of Scott Pilgrim and his treatment of Knives Chow in particular uh, and other characters towards Scott. And like you're saying, this isn't anything new. I mean, maybe that's sort of the thing they're pointing out is obviously we feel Scott Pilgrim is fresh. We enjoy it. We've done an entire podcast about it at this point. But at the same time, these are tropes that go back decades at this point in um, dozens hundreds of anime shows like it's a whole thing so maybe that's a little bit what they're commenting on as well uh but then they're also showing off a little bit of redemption arc because that's what we're getting with lucas lee here that's what we're getting with gordon goose here that's even potentially what we're getting with scott pilgrim over the course of the show as well pete what were you gonna say
3: yeah i just um I think it was just kind of like a fun POV of uh, the Goose. Um, and it was fun to see him call himself the Goose. I call him the Goose, so it was nice to see him kind of pick mm. up on that. But, yeah, we got a real POV of what he's watching. And, yeah, I laughed out loud when I saw him wearing the No Fear T-shirt. I, I loved that callback, and I loved how they um, kind of leaned into it. And he's like, kind yeah. of like, don't call me Gideon, it's the Goose now. And the two of them just having a day together, Lucas Lee and the goose, man, Luke. I was all, I was all about it. Like that was just, that was so, uh, hilarious. And then, you know, uh, when she gets home, she's like, I was fucking gone for 40 minutes. Just hysterical, hysterical. I,
2: well- I love how much the show loves this moment because we see it, and it's a big chunk of the episode just for goofs and yeah. then we get to see uh Julie's version of it, so then we revisit it. I was like for an episode about <laughs> revealing who did it, they certainly go around and around on like boys having fun at home, uh but just to go into it a little bit, like your go for goose, my name isn't Lucas, it's Luke said with an absolute straight face, I love that they're friends, sick half pipe. Question for you guys. You ever just do a pinata like just on a day Or you're just like, let's Not throw this thing usually. up in the sky. Not usually. Yeah. It's if a special occasion.
1: Yeah. If you're going to do that though, like if you were going to just do a pinata, would you fill it with candy first or would you fill it with something else? Like your lunch? I
3: don't
2: know. Oh, oh, like your everyday
3: yeah. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my that's, sandwich.
2: That's insane behavior to fill a pinata with your regular lunch and then try to get it open at noon when you're hungry. Yeah.
1: Do you think how quickly do you think you would get fired from your job if every day you brought into the office a piñata and you're like I'm sorry this is just <laughs> oh, no way dude. Traditionally in it. my family this is how we have our lunch.
3: I think initially yeah. HR would have a problem with it but then after you did it and it became a thing mm-hmm. like and people would look forward to the what's for lunch today you know reveal mm-hmm. I think it's a it, surprise. It, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't people over with it I think.
1: I think you I, could probably say it's part of my culture and they wouldn't be able to say anything about
2: it. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And here's the real thing, though. Wouldn't you have to put other people's lunches in there, too? And then you hit it and then whoever opens it, just everyone dives and grabs it. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: The first person to crack it open's got first dibs on So you get lunch. it in the morning. You take everybody's
1: lunch. You stuff it in Feel a piata. You hang it in the office and you're like, this is part of my culture. Don't yeah. be
2: prejudiced against see my you, culture. See you at 1 o'clock, fuckers. <laughs> Bring your blindfold. Yeah. But let me ask you this. What's the strangest thing you've ever gotten out of a pinata in real life?
1: Just uh, candy. I don't think I've any, ever gotten anything that... It feels like you're getting towards something. Let's yeah, just cut you, to it, it seems never, like you have a story.
2: You've never done airline bottles of Jack Daniels and cigarettes? Oh, my God. That's oh, nice, no. good for you. That would get all over the place. Well, they I don't, don't want to hit
1: airline bottles. I don't want to hit, like... I don't know, bottles with a... With a bat. Those sounds-
2: bottles are nearly indestructible. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever you had them. Yeah. They're like basically rocks of glass with a little teeny bit of Jack
3: Daniels. In <laughs> it. Also, there's plastic ones too, you know. Ah, that's, uh, uh, that's that's the, the best way to use a pinata there. Uh, I do think they did capture, you know, because as a kid, I built a half pipe and then immediately hurt myself on it. I think that that. You is did? A- oh, Out yeah. Out of wood? Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Uh, What a carpenter. In your house? No, not in my house. uh, In a friend's yard. But yeah, it was like a whole thing. And uh, yeah, everybody just wrecked themselves on it first ride. It was like the the funniest thing now, but at the time. Uh, I just thought they did a great job of capturing that on on their, their fun montage day.
1: It was very fun, and it was a very silly kickoff to it with Gideon, sorry, Gordon, saying, I have something entirely different in mind. Friendship!
3: Great. Fun fun. twist! What a fun twist. twist. You know, instead of fighting each other, let's have a day, and just... Mm -hmm. And I love spending more
1: time with him. Uh, You know, to the point you've been making, Justin, in terms of the format of the episode, I don't even know what the format of this episode was, which...
0: Certainly I love
1: from a TV perspective bothers me a little bit because I'm like, we had a format now. I don't, this is just a bunch of stuff happening, but you love I it,
2: much, like. I love the no format because yeah. I threw in the show. Started formatted, that's when I didn't like it. And now we're in back into a free play and it's a blast.
3: Yeah. It kind of seems like they're doing like a cold open type of thing. And then the credits with the hair and then the kind of yes. like, uh, But after that, I I think
1: the telling line in this episode, the one which is the writers talking to us, is what Julie says this info dump was inevitable. Inevitable. Yes. They needed to have an episode where they turn the plot and you lay out like, okay, here's what's actually happening in the show. And that's mostly what we get here with the who and the what, but not the why. I think that's the one that gets left off. Yeah. At this point.
2: There's still some what that we're missing as well, I would argue. (laughs) Since we don't really know We know who a little bit.
1: Yes. Um, So we love the friendship. What did you think, though, about what Ramona lays out here? We find out over the course of the episode that Robot 01 is a vegan robot, the only thing more powerful than a vegan human because it's never eaten meat. So it was created this powerful portal, presumably working for the twins, to take Scott Pilgrim, and then Scott shows up, uh, we also find out that he did it. He wrote the script 14 years from now. Is that what we're getting by the end of the episode for young Neil? because at the same time, Knives and Kib and Steven are figuring out that young Neil didn't write the script. There was no sleep paralysis, Steven, uh, and they discover uh, the script was potentially written. By young
3: Stubble. Young Neil is hysterical in this episode. Uh, I love the whole line of like, what's more powerful than one vegan and young Neil's like two vegans? And they're like, no. Very
2: funny. His delivery is always strange. He's like uh, the baby baby of the group. He's pushing the young and young Neil to the absolute limits. But in general, just hearing you uh, recap that plot, Alex, and I mean, this is a positive compliment. It sounds like a 10 year old came up with it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and like but
2: I think that's really good. That, I love that about it. it. It keeps it simple and just it keeps pure it fresh, like that's mm, for sure. Yeah. But to me, okay. the implication is sort of what we talked about last episode that Scott's behind it. And I would venture that Scott maybe even programmed robot. Robot 01 is working
3: for Scott. Whoa, whoa, take it easy on that. Because the, no, it, like Remote the twins invented that robot. Scott's not using that robot. Have you ever heard a story of a
2: robot that um, gets changed at all by the way things go or reprogrammed in a
3: different way? Yes. Many times.
2: That's almost all robot stories, right? So I think that's what we're getting here. Sort of a bit of a, a Terminator is the vibe I'm getting with, especially if we're going to get some time in time travel-y things here. Uh, because I think um, weirdly the uh, the twins – are almost – are absolutely underserved from a storytelling point of view. They are not at all – we don't get in their heads at all. Mm-hmm. The uh Katayinagi twins are Which is disappointing because dressing.
3: In, uh, in the movie, the, uh, the twins got such a cool, epic uh, battle scene in and the, and the music. But they was also great. had no dialogue, so yeah. which we
1: don't get here. We've promised – I mean, we've already had some dialogue from them. Uh, potentially we'll get some more from them in the next episode. But I I agree with you, there's more to be said about them because like in this episode, we get even more Lucas Lee. We find out a little bit about Gordon Goose and get some maybe not emotional closure there, but certainly like a little bit more growth and change. So we've gotten that for all of the exes, not for the twins yet. So we need some of that. Um, My biggest problem with this plot right now is I don't understand how Scott Pilgrim who is an idiot who doesn't understand how websites work? Was able to write an entire script about his life. That that's but, but maybe that's well,
2: fourteen years in the future, Alex. He's he's. Uh, you can learn how to write a screenplay in fourteen we, years. We, yeah, yeah. That's Scotty, can do that.
1: I don't know, man. I no,
2: guess I, I, I don't see. know. Well, I mean, the clues were there, and I guess we don't fully know that this is going to happen. But the line that still keeps sticking out to me is like, "How did you know about that? I was the only one there with Scott." And Wallace didn't write the script. So I think Scott had to write it. And it makes sense mm-hmm. that he would write it in sometime in the future. So it could
3: be a Negus Scott st-
2: still too. Still could be Negus Scott, exactly. Um, it's just, we haven't seen that yet. And I feel like we might've at least heard reference to it a little bit if we were going there. And again, I haven't watched ahead, so I'm probably completely wrong, but I'm just want to keep trying to read the tea leaves that we're getting here.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, Pete. Well, you know, we mentioned a lot of different things. We do get to spend more time with the goose and his kind of like flashback story. I love this whole thing of like, you know, you kind of get this. You know, you see it a lot in rom-coms where it's like the nerdy kid goes after the most popular girl. I love the idea of a 12-point business plan on why mm. uh, she should date him. I mean, that's just funny. That works every it, that's time. That's taking a trope that we've seen a lot and then adding something fresh in a way that's very enjoyable. Nothing teens like more than an organized suitor. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just
2: someone who has the – it really laid out.
1: I really like the turn here of – just following up a stupid joke about a no fear t-shirt and following that to the logical conclusion of him being called fearless as a way of making fun of him. So ultimately he turns that into his strength. We also get a little tease here at the end of the episode. Julie is super into him when he is Gideon Graves, not quite as into Gordon goose, just slacker hanging around, but we definitely get a hint here at the end that like Gordon has a little more going on. And he's like, what if I had a deeper plan going the whole time? What do you think about that? Does he have a deeper plan that has been going the whole time? Or is he just
2: lying to get Julie hot?
1: I think so. It might so. be
2: more friendship. It could be more friendship. Mm, I feel like, no, I don't think he's going to end up being becoming a big bad, especially after this episode, which this was sort of his episode.
3: Because they already did that. You know what I mean? They already explored that. So I feel like they're exploring new things in the show a little bit. So I feel like... Why not have them a little different in this version? Um, but man, Julie absolutely kills this episode. I love you fucking more, you know, like just like, there's so many great lines that she has in this. I mean, Aubrey Plaza makes everything better. Um, you you know what? You love the Plaza. You You love love the the Plaza
1: and you love a good Plaza as well. A nice open area and a, uh, Mm, he goes to the
2: Plaza to talk about the Plaza. Yeah. Makes sense. The, The, the Aubrey Plaza. Uh, I wanted to say, I'm just getting a theory in my head now. We got a line later on when we're getting the flashback with Ramona that she she was teaching robotics and the twins were her TAs. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's programming this robot. No, no, Maybe no, they f- were
1: they were the TAs. Or sorry, she they was, were the TAs, but she was she taking the class. class. yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. Robot that's a that's an interesting fact to drop mm-hmm. in relation to a robot 01 that could easily be reprogrammed.
1: Potentially. I want to turn it over to the Knives Stevens storyline, which I love all this stuff. It's very jokey, but it's so much fun. Them coming up with the Bread Makes You Fat song. I thought, oh was my great God, fun. that was so great funny. Fun there. Also, the, the whole Buffalo emotional business. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I don't know, just a very funny rhyme. On a changed character front, I don't mind this, I want to be very clear, but does it feel like Knives is the complete flip of the way she was in the book? And what I mean by that is in the books, her whole line was like, I have found out about this thing for the first time and now this is my favorite thing ever. And then she ditches that and finds something else. Like it's a very young way of looking at things. Here, she's the most knowledgeable one. She's the one in power. She's done the research about Matthew Patel to know that he loves Broadway musicals and he's a failed Broadway musical star. So she, they get to see the video of him doing the one man agony from Into the Woods, which is ridiculous, very funny, it sells yeah. it. But like, she's definitely the one in power here. What do you guys think about that? How do you feel about it?
2: I think I, I wouldn't say it's a, a flip. I think it's she's so obsessed with Scott and the band in the, the movie and comics and the idea that she just puts her hands on the instrument and, and, and is empowered by actually getting involved in the thing you love feels like maybe more the takeaway and lesson. And that has empowered her completely. And it's not. She's not just obsessed with Scott and and the personalities behind it. She's taking power herself. And I think it's fun. I don't, even to her, she's in this episode, she's like, oh yeah, Scott, I was mad about that. And she's clearly Mm -hmm. not anymore, but she's like, Mm -hmm. sort of remembering that emotion.
3: Because she goes like, Does Ramona have to be involved? Like, that was a funny moment, too. But she's moved so far. I know I keep focusing on this in particular, but we once again
1: get a moment where we almost deal with the Ramona and knives of it all, where they bring that up. And They're like, we were dating at the base at the same time. And Ramona's like, oh, yeah, we should. And then somebody's like, no, get back to the mystery. What are you doing? That feels to me like the writers not wanting to deal with that, maybe holding off on dealing with it, potentially.
2: Uh, To me, it's more like, let's not go back to what this was before that's boring let's keep moving forward into this fun new world rather than go back into just a a fight we've already seen about something that is basically meaningless this scott's not even the center of this story why are these two characters that we've gotten to know so much better in this show why would they be fighting over him when it was a non-relationship sort of non-situation that they don't need to be fighting over
1: Right. And they even point out stuff about that as well, to your point. Like, I think it's Kim says to Ramona, are you excited about yeah. seeing that guy that, guy, that, that one, one time? One date yeah, with that one time. very funny.
3: Yeah, yeah, really funny. But she smiled, though. Mm-hmm. So she is excited.
1: No, she is excited about it. But they're also driving in on like. Are these feelings that we feel – are these sparks that we feel on the first time, on a first date, are they real? Are they something that can continue? That's something the book delves into that we haven't really necessarily dealt with in the show yet is – and we talked about this a lot when we were talking about the book. But like it's the arc of a relationship and you feel that passion – Immediately, and then it becomes something else. Maybe something better. Maybe something different. Maybe something bad. You don't know. But remote relationships grow and change over time. Here, they're not even at the beginning of that. They went on like one date.
2: But I think the answer to your question is sometimes this matter. And I think even though this show is completely completely deviated from the source material, like they still we still saw that date in the first episode, and it mm-hmm. still was magical, and it was played pretty straight. Like this is just a great date that they're both into. And I love that. Uh, yeah. And a, the only real drawback from this episode for me is I don't think I saw the any butts. Mm. Alex, did you see butts? Yeah, uh, no, the, the,
3: no, I was on butt watch the your entire time. It's gone. I love it. But what I do like that they're still doing is taking shots at big Hollywood. Suck it, Justin. Yeah, the whole we're what? we're we know you're big Hollywood. Uh, yeah. The fact that like. Um, he turned into a musical, and they're like, y- Young Neil, is that okay? And Young Neil's line, like, oh, I used to be a writer. This is hysterical. Just I'm sorry, not to get back hysterical. to
1: the previous point, but do you think the title, Who Did It?, is a reference to dad Ass? You know, Dadass Ass Did It, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Mm, wow, yes. that's um, I, may, So that's, that's the butt was in the title all along, Alex? Right, it was, it was a
1: secret butt. It was a secret butt. Like, but. if you look at it, mean, my, 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 like my butt's, butt's a secret butt. and you flip it over, it kind of looks like
3: a butt, you know? W the W is a butt. Come on, the man. W is you a the Work that That's hard.
1: a sharp butt, man. Yeah. You guys have different
2: understanding of butts. You guys do have different. Well, butts can you right? settle?
1: Justin, could you settle an argument that Pete and I are having? Would you say a butt <laughs> is more like a W or two D's that are turned back to back?
2: Oh, you mean a B, a D, and a B?
1: No, no, no. Two a D's. D turned back to back. A, a B. capital D, a capital D, oh. not a
2: lowercase. Oh, I see. I thought lower. I was thinking a lowercase D and a B set set back to back. Mm-hmm. Yes. DB. DB Dap Butt, Alex. Oh, thank you.
1: Oh, well, that settles it, I guess, then. And that's probably it for the podcast. I'm kidding. What else do we need to talk about? <laughs> when she realizes it's the twins, there are two exclamation points over her head. I thought that was fun. This is also one of the fun. rare title sequences I recognized as Pac-Man. Uh, so I was oh, very happy about that nice. the
2: last that episode box. was Mega Man, I didn't say But it was Mega Man
1: uh, okay. It bothers me, as a video game fan I'm like, I should know this and I don't know this and
2: just Sorry, to... real quick, as a video game fan Alex? <laughs> how you doing on the Scott Pilgrim game? You <laughs> liar
3: no! No, Still liar. not past
1: Episode 2 but I'm, uh, Episode 2, level 2 But I'm gonna get there I'm gonna, <laughs> Video I'm gonna,
3: I'm gonna game fan, you don't even As oh, a video
2: game fan, you can't name shit
3: by the yeah. way, I've been playing... you played was fucking Super Nintendo.
2: I've been playing Super Mario Wonder. Sick. Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. Oh, Very nice. good. Okay. Very fun. Gotta
1: check that out. As soon as I finish the Scott Pilgrim game, I'll play Super so Mario So never. Boy.
2: So half past
1: never. <laughs> you liar.
2: <laughs>
3: Uh, Any other notes
1: from the episode? Oh, there's so
3: much. Uh, Luke wearing the No Fear t-shirt because the Buddies was really fun. I just love the No Fear t-shirt callback. I thought that was just a fun bit. Go ahead, Justin.
2: I was going to say the line, uh, Neil, young Neil saying, like, I miss having my own um, cart. My own, yeah, uh, the golf, golf cart? Cart. Mm-hmm. Yep. He Yeah, I can't believe he didn't say Mario Kart. I mm-hmm. thought for it was about a perfect callback. I wish he said that. Um, I love that this Scott Pilgrim, among all things, posits that Canadians transfer to different schools constantly. This show uses the idea that you they went to elementary or high school together and moved schools. Every character did that. We get mm-hmm. more of that here. I'm like, what is Maybe everyone moving? I don't know. It's just a funny specific there's that I don't know.
3: There's different schools for different grades, buddy. You know that, right? You just But don't everyone's also... leaving schools. We
2: have the same theory with Gordon Goose. He leaves the school and then they later are reunited. It's like, why is everybody moving schools?
3: Who's moving? No, it, I don't know. If you go, like, there's different schools for different grades and you go to different, like... Uh, now, um, I know I don't how, know how schools work, but they well, were in high school that Canadians, he, he
1: Canadians are a species of itinerant wanderers.
2: Yeah. Wow. Oh, like like Canadian geese, they migrate south. There saying, you go. To go oh, to maybe, that would,
1: maybe that's why he's Gordon goose, actually.
2: That's that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, shouts to um, that. Julie versus Lucas and Gideon would have been a dope fight. I, I love was saying.
3: excited for that. Ramona yeah. ruined that. I was a little disappointed. I thought it was really it would give let it go on a little bit. I love the uh, free coffee. And Julie would be like, no fucking way. It was just hysterical.
2: Uh, last thing I want to shout out is uh, the line, the only work I can get is voicing, uh, doing a voice on an animated series. <laughs> yeah, Shouts. so funny. Good.
3: Lucas Lee is
1: live action or nothing.
3: Yeah. The, Ooh, I love the uh, cool handshake between the goose and Luke as he rides off into the sunset. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. First episode,
1: guys, I think we lost this one again, but we got two more chances here. If you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Scott Pilgrim, Apple, Spotify, Android or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram comic book club live for this podcast and many more uh, until next time I guess uh, Scott Pilgrim That ass We're gonna get that ass, <laughs> that oh ass. my god! I think it's that... two
2: capital J's Next to each other That's uh, fun Huh but Then you see the, You really see the crack
1: Oh, okay. oh <laughs> my god
2: You J-jim. need to see the crack
1: Juicy ass You know What
3: is happening What has this become